For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. know we're back for another episode of believe in kentucky we got from the cat's paws and the well-traveled aaron <laughs> doing his thing for the site on the beat got all the content ag man what's going on hey man yeah uh, it's been a, like you said it's been a long day uh obviously coming back from vanderbilt uh seeing kentucky get that win last night um, covering that and then coming right back to talk to uh, six of the seven new football transfers. So that was fun um, to get that done this morning. But uh, yeah, definitely a long day and uh, it's good to be back home for a little bit until we hit the road for Oxford uh, next week. But uh, all is good. You just thought that football, basketball back and forth was over with. Not so fast. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah, usually. Um I guess usually they do do the transfers in January. So I guess that wasn't that big of a shock, but it was kind of the, oh man, we're doing it right after a road trip to Fandy. It was kind of like, oh man, not to now, but uh, it ended up being a pretty good time. They were, uh, it was a pretty impressive group. So uh, we'll get into that, but uh, it it was worth it for sure. I see our QB one, Jalen Whitlow up in the waiting room. We'll bring him right on in here. As we uh, talk about all those transfers you talk with, I've got to see what all the nuggets you got from that and the cats. Oh, there he is. Jay. There we go. What's up, man? Chilling, man. Chilling. Yo, always good. Better than not chilling. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I, you know, I didn't see the thing come up until. I had to like go and check it. Like the, I didn't get a notification. That's crazy. Oh, you good, man? That happens. You good? Well, yeah, we just on here. Uh, we just started, but we was talking about the basketball game first. We was gonna say the football because had feeling you was coming. So we just just starting the little bit of Vandy last night. Ag was down there in the funky Memorial Gym. How's that, man? Man, I, it was it's a really cool place. My only gripe is. You know, they put you up in the crow's nest, and that's fine. But it's five stories, and there's no elevator. So uh, wow. I felt like a loser out of shape uh, going up all those stairs. But uh, they do take good care of you there. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's a whole press deck, so that's fine. It's just a, it's a hike to get up there. But, yeah, like you said, it's a funky place. But uh, it, it's a cool place to watch a game. And uh, it, it was definitely like a home game. I mean, it was probably 80-20 in favor of Kentucky fans there. And I think – uh, they played a great game. I just think they, for the 
first time in a while they were the dominant team from the opening tip to the final tip or to the final uh, whistle. So uh, it, it was a, it was a good night for them and it was a lot of fun. So uh, like I said, it was a long night and coming back for football this morning, but all worth it. So you you had those jelly quads one time you got them. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Out of breath, jelly quads, man. It's, it's a workout uh, for sure, but uh, probably one I needed. So that's all right. <laughs> But yeah, as far as like you said, as far as the game, it was, you know, kind of like you, Kentucky fans. I don't know if we're sport or not. You come to expect that you, I yeah. turned out. I don't know second half, beat them like you're supposed to beat them. Is another one of those beat them like you're supposed to beat them type games, where they come out and you just got to weather their storm. They're fired up. They're hanging in it for a little bit. And then Kentucky just kind of flexed on them. Yeah. And they pulled away, and then it was just comfortable the rest of the night. Yep. That's, that's, that's basically what it was. They put them to sleep, and yep, yeah, time. they played. They were really efficient on offense, pretty much all night. You know, like you said, Vandy kind of hit some shots early. They had that one freshman who came in averaging like two and a half points per game, hitting flat-footed threes left and right. And I was like, you got to be kidding me! We're doing this tonight. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, they. Uh, I thought that was their most efficient game. It was quick, man. I, then what was so nice about it is two things. One, I couldn't even tell you who the referees were because there was barely any fouls and there was not one review. And two, the game was over in an hour and a half. So that's that, that's the type of college basketball game I, I like to see. Uh, I mean, yeah, I like competitive games. I hope Kentucky and Kansas is down to the wire. But, man, if we can get games done in an hour and a half, two, uh, between that hour and a half, hour 45, yeah, I'm living good. Uh, that helped make the make this morning a little easier, getting to bed a little earlier uh, to to get back to Lex here. It was nice. It worked out. Nine o'clock tip, and you get a quick game like yes. That. Oh, and you know, like the Texas A&M game on Saturday was two and a half hours. So hmm. at least that was during the day. <laughs> Somebody tweet out the last night's game was like a like one of those you know Greg Maddox complete games when he's with the Braves. You know, it was, it, those nine innings were done in about an hour and 40 minutes. It was, yeah, it was quick. It felt like a high school game, how quick that thing was. So, oh, man, that was uh, – we need more of those. <laughs> so they're turning the corner. Not, maybe not all the way around the corner, but dramatically better than they were yeah. after losing to South Carolina at home and getting blown out by Alabama and – just leaking oil all over the road. So they've, they've got that fixed. Um, Severe Wheeler came in, and I'm sure dude's been getting a lot of hate that he shouldn't be getting yeah. on social media. He came in, played 22 minutes, and had a good, solid game. Five assists, made a couple shots. And so if he's got to adjust to now I'm coming off the bench, I'm seeing Kaysen. Yeah, run the team better than me right now, and you know, got to swallow his pride and got to deal yep. with all that, but still come in. And he was that spark plug, six man, still got 20 minutes to run, contributed. And so, if if they've kind of found a balance with that, that's that's good going forward, too. Absolutely, yeah. And I think a severe talked a lot about that how the guys you know who are winning games for them deserve to play and you know you're at Kentucky you're gonna have a lot of good players a lot of good teammates so uh, it was good to kind of hear him have that perspective kind of 
uh, be mature about it and, you know, settle into this role. I think uh, we kind of saw it with, you know, less to a polarizing guy where he wasn't getting criticized, but like Davion Mintz led the team in minutes the COVID year. And I know they weren't very good, but he went from, you know, leading the team in minutes to being the sixth man off the bench and talking about how he was watching a lot of Lou Williams tape and looking up to Lou Williams. So um, there, there is something to say about the fact you, uh, put your pride aside when severe, obviously, you know, he's led the sec and assist the last two years. He's on pace to do it again. Um, he was a Bob Cousy award finalist last year, and it just hasn't been as good this year. And they're better with case and Wallace running the point point blank. And, uh, he's accepted that and he's accepted this role and, you know, there are going to be games. They need him now because case runs into foul trouble and he has issues with back spasm. So it's not like he's going to go away, but, um, his role is going to reduce a little bit, but he seems to be okay with that. And that that's huge. And that point about you might, you, you're going to need him later. A lot of people, I mean, whatever you own Twitter or fans, just like, Oh, just, just kick him to the curb, just yeah. throw him away. But it's, it's not fantasy football where you just <laughs> on the bench. And it's, that's the end of it is Jalen. You know, what is his chemistry his personalities, if you just just kick him to the curb, then you lose him, and when you need him, he's not there. You know, like you said, Kaysen got back spasms at Tennessee. Dudes could cramp up. C.J. Uh, Frederick was cramping up last night a little bit. Yeah, kind of scenario is on the table to where just because he's not starting, that doesn't mean put him on the shelf, put him on the back burner, for the, from now on, that's that's just not how you how you play that. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's like three reasons why you gotta make sure you take care of, you know, the mental aspect uh, and kind of the mental, uh, you know, bought inness if that's a word of a player. One, you're gonna need them physically mm-hmm. at some point. Two, you're gonna need is a point guard, so naturally there's some leadership quality somewhere and three just for overall team continuity because we know when they you know we've seen teams and we've seen examples of when a player doesn't get uh the playing time that he wants or he gets benched or something and that thing turns sour right he gets mm-hmm. you know he kind of gets a bad attitude we kind of seen it in football this year with you know Tay robinson you know a yeah. little bit and you can see the negative effects that it has let them, and we can see from the outside looking in. From the inside, we know, you know, the tension, you know, the tension in the air, in, the, in practice, in the meetings, you know, all of that. You don't want that on your team. Uh, they're hitting a good stride. Kind of like I said uh, a while back, man, I said uh, if they can beat Tennessee, it can, it can build some great momentum, uh, you know, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, I think that, you know, however it shake out, you know, sometimes it's best for a guy to come off the bench. Sometimes it's best for a guy to, you know, instead of play one, play two, whatever it may be, you got to do what's best for the team and do what's best for the team chemistry because at the end of the day, it's a long season. Uh, and you want to make sure everybody, those puzzle pieces are shaken out uh, in the right place so everything can just run smoothly and everybody's, you know, settled into their roles uh, because that's what you want, you know, because when it comes uh, February, uh, and you know, late February, and you want to be you want to be um, kind of peaking at the right time, and and that's part of it is getting everybody in the right place. For sure, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's 
like you said, and and then you mentioned Tavian Robinson, two quarterbacks. I know you you watch more college than NFL, but Marcus Mariota and sure. Derek Carr, both of those guys kind of got relegated to second string and left the team or walked away, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that the, the the Derek Carr thing blew my mind, man, because. I don't care what happens. I don't care. It's just, again, we talk about this all the time. It's a bad example for kids to see. Regardless, you got your spot taken, you got benched, you just quit and leave the team. Like, that's not good. You know, whatever happened, you know, whatever it was. Now, we know that it must have been something more than just getting benched. Something else happened that we don't know about. Or maybe, maybe not, I mean, maybe not. But at the end of the day, you know, I've never seen a scenario where a guy quits or not quits, where a guy get his spot taken and he just don't show back up to the facility. Yeah. I've never seen that. And I've never seen it so accepted. It's like nobody was really talking about it in like a bad light. That's horrible for sports. That's terrible. That's terrible leadership. That's terrible. Like that, everything bad. I had to make an example of that and talk to the kids that I work with and say, this is what not to do as a athlete this is like this is what not to do regardless of what happens you finish the season you finish and you leave after now if it's spring ball or if it's you know you know the season hadn't started and something terrible happens where you just gotta leave we'll leave but if you get your spot taken and you get called out by your teammates or coaches so I've, I've heard that that happened in meetings or whatever it was you can't just like you can't just leave the t- that's that's like that's horrible and, and, you know, with the transfer portal and stuff like that happening, man, I wouldn't be shocked if we see in a couple of years where guys, you know, and we kind of see it now, but mm-hmm. these college kids just like, F it, man, I'm done. You know, just not even transfer, just done. Just, just quitting during the year because they, they're seeing so many like horrible examples. I had a lot of respect for Derek Carr uh, just of how he carried himself. But, man, I lost a lot of, after that. No matter what happens, I've been in some bad situations, uh, you know, I don't know if it was as bad as his, but I've been in some situations where, trust me, I, there's days that I w- I didn't want to go to practice. Yeah. But, you know, how would I look? My dad would beat my, you know, <laughs> beat, you know that, like that ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when I was in college, that's not happening. Like, you know what I'm saying? You 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 finish what you start. Like that's all what I was, you know, what we've been taught as kids growing up and the kids that I grew up with and how we were raised. Look, you come out here, you signed up, you know what you signed up for. A lot of things can happen, good and bad, but you better finish so I just don't know about this new culture of quitting, man. It's just, you know, I don't, I don't like it. And again, it, again, everybody looks at professional athletes because of the dollars and the amount of TV time. So don't be surprised when you know you see these college kids. You know, they think it's more acceptable, man. Don't, don't be shocked when you see guys who are good guys who are just quitting on their teams. You already see it in bowl season, kind of, but uh, it, it's, you know. I don't, I don't know about that. And I, I, I've been wanting to say that for a while. So I, I really wanted to get that off. Yeah. But, no, uh, me right. I, I, you know, I, I held back, I held back words tweeting about it. Like I was like, I cause I'm not really a tweeter like that unless I'm tweeting about an actual game. I don't want to mm-hmm. like say negative stuff over Twitter and all that stuff. But, you know, I, I've been holding this one back and, you know, but th- that I couldn't believe that. And it's like, nobody talks about it. It's like super acceptable now. The guy just starting your, your your franchise quarterback just walks off and leave during the middle of the year is absolutely absurd. Yeah, it's, 
I, I don't know what it is. I mean, we saw the same thing with Marcus Mariota with Atlanta when he lost his job. And college, man, it's every position. It's everywhere. And I, I think it's separate for the kids who opt out of bowl games. I think that's just become a thing where it's like, you know, the transfer portal, they had no choice, right? Because they had to hop in the portal by a certain date. Um, and some coaches were not okay. And that was a coach's decision. Like, you know, Shane Beamer said that, you know, a lot of his guys who were going to hit the portal wanted to play in the bowl game and they didn't let them. So whatever, that's fine. But it's the guys who like after four weeks, they're the backup quarterback and they leave. Right. It's like, you don't have to hop in. The, nothing's happening anyway. Uh, like that kid from Boise state, uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, their quarterback, but he was a guy that Kentucky was linked to because he had been coached by Rich Scangarello and, you know, he quit Boise State after four weeks because he was the backup. Like, that doesn't sit well with me. And even, you know, in, in Kentucky's, you know, not to go out of guy, but Kelvin Joseph, man, I mean, he um, – it's not like he opted out of the bowl game. He left before the last regular season game. He didn't play the South Carolina game. If he's had out the bowl game, that – you know what? That's the culture – that's the name of the game right now. That's – it is what it is. But the fact that he set out that last regular season game – it didn't sit well with Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops took indirect shots at him after that. So, um, and I'm not, I, I wasn't okay with that either at the time. So cool. yeah, it's this whole quitting culture um, that is surrounding a lot. And I think you got to give credit to Severe Wheeler. I mean, just a few years ago, if you remember basketball wise, Quade Green, he was a guy who was here. Uh, he was the starter for most of his first year. Then Shea Gilgis Alexander kind of took his job as the year went on. He did an okay job as a backup, came back the next year, uh, kind of split the time with Ashton Hagens. And then when it was clear that Hagens was going to be the guy, Quade left. And same thing with Khalil Whitney the year after that, where he didn't really have a role and he left. So you do see guys quit. Uh, so, you know, going back to all that, you also, I think, should credit in this uh, time of day where a lot of guys do just say screw it I'm done uh, the guys that stick with it and adjust and put their pride aside and do what's best for the team so that's why I think that uh, Severe Wheeler deserves probably as much credit as he received uh, any criticism uh, so far this season for doing that and um, I don't have the quote right in front of me but he talked a lot about that um, last night and it was just you could see the maturity just from the last time we talked to him a couple weeks ago to uh, yesterday. It was uh, it was cool to see. So uh, kudos to him. And going back to Derek Carr real quick, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, I saw analysts and talking heads that were kind of on his side when he got benched, like Lewis Riddick and some of those guys, because they were they were the narrative I got from it was, you know, the Raiders are really trying to blame all their problems on Derek Carr, even though this organization has not been well run, Mark Davis is, you know, doesn't have his stuff together, but they're like, it was like Derek Carr was the fall guy. He was having yeah. to fall on the sword for all of the Raiders problems, Josh McDaniel, ownership, management. And then looks like it kind of flipped from people kind of defending him and saying, look, the Raiders shouldn't have done him like this. And now, to your point, Jalen, he kind of took all of the, the defenders and people sticking up for him, and he kind of flipped it while leaving. Whatever happened, happened. But now he's kind of tarnished his image because of leaving, even if the Raiders, which, I mean, hey, we, they, ain't, they haven't been good in years. They made that one Super Bowl against Tampa 
20 some years ago. There haven't been anything since the tuck rule, basically. (laughs) So he kind of deflected all of the, you know, they were getting all the shade and then he put shade on himself that was initially going towards the Raiders. I know I'm rambling. That's what I'm like. He, he took the arrows that was going to the organization and a lot of the arrows started getting shot at him. Yeah. You know, and that situation is like extreme, extreme. And when I, and when I talk about, you know, the college guys, I don't necessarily mean like some of those bold guys because some of them projected first and maybe second round draft picks. I get get that. You know what I'm saying? I I understand that you got a, you got life changing money waiting for you. I understand. But the Derek Carr thing, unless somebody like just did something extremely egregious behind closed doors, I've never, which may have happened, you know. So, yeah, you know, that may have happened because, you know, uh, you just don't see that, man. You just don't see guys just, you know, quit like that during the year and just, you know, a franchise that drafted him that he'd been with for what, eight, seven years or whatever? Since uh, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really see, you know, uh, you don't really see that. But hey, to be, there know, long, to be there that long, he's put up with a lot. Oh, we just talked about how bad the organization has been run. So maybe this put him over the edge. Maybe this, <laughs> maybe this I mean, set him off to where he's like, "I had enough." I don't. We don't know, but who knows? I, it's hard to say. I, yeah, I assume that it did, but I don't know, man. I can't call it. <laughs> right. Call it. Yeah, it, it it was definitely. I don't know. That was just so weird, and you know, there were some layers that. Actually, Josh McDaniels asked him to leave, but why would he do that if if he wasn't causing some sort of distraction? And I know, you know, Josh McDaniels doesn't have the greatest head coaching track record, but uh, I don't know. It seems like a lot of that uh, has to be put on the player. Crazy. Got our Raiders organization update in here and (laughs) – We'll get back to some NFL players. We don't have to talk about Vinny and I's teams because oh, we don't want man. to talk about them right oh. now. Yeah, the, the Giants, man. I, you know, yeah, that was more expected. Yeah, I, I didn't need, I didn't expect them to get. I, I mean, I didn't expect them to necessarily win, but I didn't expect them to get yeah. out. Which you know, again, they ran up against a bus. Although I think the Eagles, oh yeah, the Eagles probably got the best roster in the league. I think so. I, I think uh, just they out they were. And the Eagles are in a different weight class right now. Yeah, they, 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 you know. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Quarterback's playing really well. Quarterback is an MVP candidate. Yes. He doesn't get hurt. Uh, yeah. fully, I mean, they fully loaded team, man. I mean, D line is nasty. I mean, you got quarter. The running back is playing really well. What's his name? Um, uh, Miles Sanders. Oh, Miles Sanders. They got a bunch uh, of good running backs. They got the, a staple. The, the, the other one. The other one's playing good. Uh, uh, they've got Ga- Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell. Yeah. Gainwell's playing. Yeah, really he was. Well. A, yeah, he killed. Killed. Yeah, the they got. I mean, they got two. Well, really, one and a half number one receivers. 
Mm-hmm. I think Devontae Smith is a, arguably, you know, a number one maybe, but he's a, he's at least a half of one. Uh, and you got A.J. Brown, of course. They they got a squad. Yep. I think they will take an L uh, on Sunday, though. I think so, too. Uh, I think San Francisco, look, we talked about the whole – I mean, we talked about Scangarello and all that stuff for – seemed like a year now. But he came from Kyle Shanahan and the Shanahan tree or whatever – Kyle Shanahan is, you know, and I called plays for three years. Um, Kyle Shanahan is a he he's a he's head and shoulders above most people when it comes to calling plays. I mean, he's that good. He's making Bryce Bryce uh, uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy is a solid quarterback. I mean, Brock Purdy is not a starter. He's Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, he's not a starter on any NFL team in the league. He's not yeah. not there's not one where he could go in and be a starter. Unless a situation arises like what he's in now, injuries, right? You got injuries. I mean, you got Trey Lance and Garoppolo. You know, we know what happened with that. But he's not a starting quarterback in the league. However, you would never know if you weren't if you didn't know football, right? Because mm-hmm. it looks the way it looks from the TV screen. It looks like okay, this guy's just like, I mean, he's on point. Like he's just hitting everything. But if you turn, if you like cut the, and I, I want to do this experiment, if you like cut the volume off and just watch the game, Brock Purdy is like below average NFL quarterback. But Kyle Shanahan is the key. He's so good at getting his guys wide open. He's so good mm-hmm. at keeping the defense at bay. He's If you go back and watch the game from a, a, a offensive line standpoint, and this is what I thought, this is what Liam Cohen brought to Kentucky a, a, a couple of years ago, by the way. You go back and watch the game, he's able to keep Brock Purdy clean in the pocket because there's so many different variations of pocket movement. There's so many different variations of pass concepts. There's so many, right, half boot, full naked, right? You got uh, throwbacks. You got straight drop back, right? You got screen game. As a defensive lineman, my head is spinning. I can't, I can't like, what, what those guys want to do in the league, those rushers, in my opinion, they pay them millions of dollars to do one thing. So that's why you watch NFL ball. You don't see a lot of just straight three, four defenses like you see in college or three, three stacks. You see a lot of five-man fronts and four-man fronts. So from a quarterback perspective, it's a little bit easier to see, okay, who's dropping in coverage, what the coverage is, all of that good stuff. You don't get a lot of drop eight coverage in the league because they pay those guys like Bud Dupree's or Darius Smith to do one thing. Go get, get the, the freaking quarterback. quarterback. So when the quarterback is always in one spot, you make those guys job a lot easier. San Francisco don't give you that ability to get – a beeline on the quarterback because he's always moving and they're always they're always advantage blocking those defensive linemen where they're blocking them on angles they're moving they're pulling somebody and and running some type of pass so they're running like trap pass or power pass or they're running some type of naked sprint out boot half boot then they'll screen you then they'll take a drop and now you see Brock Purdy look like the offensive line is like doing a, a a wonderful job they're doing a good job but as a defensive lineman I'm playing slow now because mm-hmm. I don't know where the quarterback is going to be. So I got to play slow. And I always have a saying, the faster the mind is moving, the slower the feet are moving. Right? If you can make those guys' mind move faster, their feet move slower. So now you good. You can sit in the pocket and throw the ball. And trust me, they're going to they gonna need a lot of that Sunday. Yeah, they are. The Eagles, but you can, you can sit in the pocket and throw the ball when it matters now. Right? And that's why you got, you know, with Liam Cohen, you see what he was doing with, uh, especially earlier in the season, the the half boot, the half rolls they were doing earlier in the season, that's where all the shot plays were coming from, right? The nakeds, 
right? And the half rows are are what's gonna make when it's time to throw the ball on third and eight. I can drop back pass now and I can get a little bit of time because I've slowed the defensive line down throughout the game. So mm-hmm. I know that's a long spiel, but that's that's what I believe. That's why I believe that Brock Purdy's having so much success. Now, of course, the play design, the concepts, the route concepts, and you know, just the architecture of the routes. I mean, obviously that's helping, but I think he has he he feels comfortable back there. He has time, and he has he has a lot of confidence built because of that time that he's gained throughout the year. Yeah, no doubt. Even with all that, the if you don't kill yourself repeatedly, did the Cowboys still have a chance to win the game? Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean the obviously I think the the guy that everyone's talking about is number four. Yeah, uh, I, w- I was just had, I, just had a rough year, man. You just had a rough year, and I don't know. I think they missed Amari Cooper way more than uh, yeah. they could have ever anticipated. I think that you know a lot of pressure was put on C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard. Uh, obviously, Zeke is just not the guy he used to be, and that's. It's not even his fault. That's just the, you know, that's being an NFL running back, right? It's the shortest lifespan position. Um, takes so much, you take such a beating. And, uh, uh, but yeah, you just can't turn the football over as much as I think that was that, that was how the Giants turned their season around or how they turned their franchise around. Uh, they went from turning the ball over, uh, I think in 2020, they led the league in turnovers, uh, not just Daniel Jones, but fumbles too by other guys. And this year, they were the best turnover team in the NFL. They didn't turn the ball over. And it's just when you throw picks, it's one thing to throw picks that a receiver drops and it tips off his hands or you make an aggressive play, you take a shot, and it gets thrown up and it gets picked. But there are just some boneheaded decisions that Dak made this year and in the San Francisco game and it ended their season. Because you're right, they they were in, the defense played a game to win. I mean, they they shut down Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and for the most part, Brandon Ayuk. The only one who had a good game was Kittle. So, uh, you know, even as a not a not a cowboy guy, I I, I can totally admit that. I'm with that guy. Mm-hmm. When they when they moved on from Tony Romo, I was I was team deck because Romo threw some interceptions that used to boggle your mind right at the worst possible time. And so I, I was team deck, you know, Jared Goff got paid and all these other guys are getting paid. That was yep. right there. Carson Wentz. I'm like, okay, time to pay Dak. He's right there with him and was outperforming him at the time. And so this year we, like you said, maybe it is a bad year. Maybe. Yeah, maybe hopefully for him. Is, yeah, you miss a third of the season. And still lead the league in picks. You, you missed yeah, that. You that's the mind-boggling games, thing. Still lead the league in picks. Now, if thank goodness Cooper Rush comes in, and goes four and one in those five, and if, if he goes two and three, like you think a backup would, they might not make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, everybody kept asking, "How you feel about the game? How you feel about the game?" And all I would keep saying is, San Francisco is not Tampa Bay. No, <laughs> Francisco is not Tampa Bay. That's how I feel about uh-huh. the game. Great to give Brady his first L ever against Dallas. He never lost to us. Great, great. They're eight and nine. You beat them like you're supposed to. They won and got the host. Fine, you go down there and beat them. Yeah, San Francisco is not Tampa Bay. You 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 throw up the first pick, give San Francisco the ball in the red zone, essentially, like at the twenty one. 
and you held them to a field goal, that's a win. That's great. You dodge a bullet, play clean the rest of the day. Couldn't do it. Threw another goofy pick down there. Uh, didn't get points. But you didn't trust your kicker because you don't run him out there. Maybe you trust your kicker. You're not throwing. Dak's not making that throw. But so it was a it was a circular game of just chasing your tail. Your, your quarterback's not really seeing the field well, not making good reads. But you don't trust your kicker. But your quarterback's not playing well. So what do we do? What do we do? It's a, it was just a, a round and round we go. Um, I went to Green Bay. Dallas was up 14. They're 195 and 0. Went up 14 in the fourth quarter, okay. and they lost that game. Dak threw a couple picks in that game. Now, Aaron, you know what I'm about to say. The next week, he looks amazing throwing dimes. But you're playing Minnesota, who can't oh, stop my a God. nosebleed. Can't stop a nosebleed. So no. that should have been a red flag right there. Oh, he looks awesome again. But it's Minnesota. This is hot yeah, garbage. He- yeah. So, you know, the, the picks were a thing all year long. And there were times where he threw two, and it should have been four. You know, Washington dropped a pick six. San Francisco dropped a couple interceptions Sunday. He, you know, the stat sheet says two could have easily been four. I know I'm rambling. Yes. No, you're right. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> you mentioned it already, Aaron. You shut uh, Debo, McCaffrey, and I, you, you held those dudes in check. CeeDee Lamb has 100 yards receiving. So somebody that doesn't watch the game, you say that, you think the Cowboys, oh, looking good. They probably went out there and won the game. Yeah. Uh, Turpin, if you take that kickoff onto the sideline, you score. You can't tell me he doesn't score. He tried to split two guys instead of breaking it out. I think that's a missed touchdown. Um, Trayvon Diggs is not exempt either. No. On the bobble, George Kittle bobble catch. Oh, that was a thing. Nice yeah. Trayvon yeah. Diggs just goes whizzing by a blur. <laughs> you can't look. I know he's bigger than you, and you are cornering. Sometimes you make business decisions. He's yeah. 6'4", 250. You hit him at all. You ain't got to blow him up like Ronnie Lott or Lawrence Taylor. Just bump him. Grab his arm or something. You separate him from the ball. You break that pass up. You probably stop that drive. They went on and got points from that. And you cannot, sure you cannot whiff on that at all. He just, he didn't touch him. And he's sitting there bobbling and juggling and doing all this. Blow him up. And <laughs> he does not make that catch. I know you don't like to tackle digs. And then. He dropped a pick too. It's a, he gets a tip. Right? Oh my God! Oh my God! You know, it's uh, me and my son were talking. He was we, uh-huh. we were at the game. He was like, um, "I think he thinks that the Eagles are going to win." I think he's with you, uh, Jalen. And he says uh, something about, "Well, real Brock Purdy did this and that." Did I said in some situations about what you don't do? Brock Purdy didn't turn the ball over. Dak Prescott did. Yeah. So it's sometimes it's what you don't do. I know I'm rambling, but that was, oh, that was so frustrating. And the ending, the ending with whatever that was at the end, Zeke at center. I don't know. And you caught a timeout and you did it again. I don't know what was worse. The ending Sunday 
or the ending last year where you're running, scrambling around and run out of time and don't get a play. I don't know which play is dumber, but to end your season like that two years in a row with just mind-boggling, what was what what did we just watch? Hey, the, oh, the funny part was the way uh, Zeke got blown up. Man. <laughs> hey, oh was, my, that was hilarious. <laughs> but to be, that, you know, I've never seen anything dumber than that. Oh my god, that, that was crazy. But to you know, and every the Dak thing, man. Every I was telling people, I was like, Dak is a solid quarterback. He he's a starter in NFL. He's a, he's a solid guy. But I'd never believed that he was a, you know, top of the top, you know, top of the line guy. I never believed that he was a, on the level of, you know, Mahomes and them guys or even Lamar Jackson. And, you know, I never believed that. But he's a good quarterback. But I can say that he didn't get any help either. No. Uh, so Other, we other can, than C.D. Lamb. Yeah, we can blame him and, you know – all of that stuff, and I don't like when his teammates are coming out and saying some of the stuff. And the the the, the social media account for the Dallas Cowboys is like, oh come my on, God. Man, like that's just franchise quarterback. Like, what's up with that? That's weird to me. But um, on the flip side, if you go back and watch the the, the first interception the other day, uh, the receiver just totally gave up on his route too, right? Receiver stopped. Defender kept the corner kept playing. Now you don't want to throw that ball late on some type of comeback or hinge route, but Corner kept playing. Receiver, like, stopped and didn't help him out. And the guy made the play. Now, you don't want to throw it anyway, but maybe the pass would have been complete if the receiver kept playing. Uh, so, you know, yes, it's his fault, but also, you know, it's not all his fault. But Dalton Shoes not getting two feet down late. Oh, those were lazy, either. man. Yeah, that was – yeah, that was very lackadaisical. Yeah, lazy. Uh, that was so. no kind of IQ either. So yeah, that's yeah. But I, you know, I always say the problem with the Cowboys is, and people, this is a hot take, but the problem with the, with the Cowboys is Jerry Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always say that, like, for whatever reason, it's almost like, and we see the stuff that he says in the media before big games and in the playoffs. You see the headlines that he make, like, bro, shut up and let your <laughs> players play, like, dude, like, like, what do I put? Why add? You already play for a quote unquote America's team. Why add pressure to your team? Like last year, he said something really, really foul, and I was like, "Why would he say that?" Like he said something, and it, and it, and it came out. I was like, "Who says this as a as a leader of a of an organization, as a head coach? Why come out and say that? Just shut up, stop taking interviews, or if you want to take an interview, don't say don't say something like just say you know, working hard. Hopefully, you know, we, we come out and play well. Like say say some generic Nick Saban, uh, Bill Belichick." statements right yeah. just just say that like don't yeah like, he always he he always seemed to like add pressure yeah. at the wrong moments his I timing is like he i don't know what it is but you know it, it, if you look at dallas in the playoffs even when i was young i was a little bit younger watching tony Romo in the playoffs it always seemed like dallas was the most uptight team it always seems that way i've been it, saying it for years it always seems like they're the most uptight you watch San Francisco play, you see them fly. They they look relaxed. They look confident. They look they do. You know, Dallas look very, they always look very uptight. And that's a that's a coaching slash leader uh I, GM I that way. thing. I used, I used to feel that way, even when they were good with 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 Troy and Aikman and Irvin and 
And then you know, towards the end of the game, Jerry would always come out of the box and be on the sideline. And I'm like, man, just go back up in the box. And that's when they were good and winning. But yeah. I've been saying for years, he just need look, dude, just write the sign the check and sit down and get out the way. But he he cannot do it. You you mentioned it. I listened to you know. There's a Believe in Dallas podcast on this network. There's several mm-hmm. Dallas outlets. Uh, after the game, it's not just Mike McCarthy doing a press conference. The media dudes go and find Jerry, Jerry. Jones. Jerry talks after every game, and oh. he's got to tell you what he thinks. Jerry's talking about who's hurt. Jerry's talking about injuries. Jerry's saying all the stuff the coach should be saying. 105.3 to fan. Jerry's on every Tuesday, every week. All year long, it's what Jerry's want to do do and talk about my Cowboys. And I can't just sit by the wayside and let Mike McCarthy do it. I've got to make sure that people see me. I've got – hey, he cannot stay out of the limelight. If he'd stay Uh, out of the limelight, Jimmy Johnson would have stayed a whole lot longer. You know, know, I remember them, like, fighting over the trophy when they won the second one. They was both trying to (laughs) – Somebody tell somebody tell Jerry that them uh you know I, I don't know them playing days over man you're not on, you're not on the team anymore like go you know do your job and like stay out of the way and you know uh do what you I mean you never see uh John Lynch and those guys like getting interviewed you you never see like even even no. all the other owners and GMs you never see them always in the mix with the play like you never see that um, and I think. Some of that, you know, stuff, and not just that, but the stuff that he says add pressure to uh, to 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 the team, and I, I really do believe that. So that's just my my theory because uh, they they always look like the most uptight team, um, you know. And even when I watched the Giants and the Eagles, the Giants didn't look uptight; they were just getting no, mad. they just got outclassed. Yeah. yeah, they was just it was just getting beat. They didn't look like scared. They didn't look uptight. They just got beat. Yeah, the Cowboys look timid. They look tight. They look rigid you know and 49ers look loose and they were just playing so um maybe i'm tripping but <laughs> yeah no i i i 100 agree the giants were just stepped uh they just punched uh, a step above their weight class and that's fine they'll get there eventually hopefully but uh yeah dallas was up tight and it's a pressure cooker man similar to kentucky basketball uh it's a pressure cooker but probably even heightened given uh you know the big money factor and jerry jones and you know for dak prescott's sake man he's kind of in that he's not in the i I think it's really it's joe burrow it's patrick mahomes josh allen um and probably herbert and lawrence are are pretty close if not in that group of elite guys and then i would say dak is kind of in that next tier and, you know, he obviously wants to be in that tier and wants to prove it. And I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself. And uh, it, it showed this year. Yeah. Speaking of play, about playing up tight, I mean, you go look at Kentucky offense in 2021, look at them in 2022. Right. Oh, yeah. Different. The difference in leadership. Look at them. I mean, they hmm. even the Georgia game in 2021, they were like you. There was a there was a level of like focusness and and just you know they, they were dialed in they were playing loose you know obviously it didn't work out but they weren't playing tight they weren't playing nervous they weren't playing scared um uh, you know and, I, and you can see that coming off the tv man you you could just yeah. see 
And I was at the Tennessee Kentucky oh. game this past year. And Kentucky obviously looked like the most uptight team on offense. <laughs> obviously, they were close on defense. They were just getting burnt on offense. They were they were rigid, yeah. docile. Mm. You know, they didn't let them yeah. hang, man. Like they, you know, they were just running the, like let them hang. That you know, what I'm saying like that. That's that's what I'm talking about. Like so, you know, hopefully, hopefully Kentucky just to yeah. kind of bring that thing back. Hopefully, they can bring that back. You got a quarterback who can. Throw you got some even better receivers than they did in 2021, uh, with, with with Levis first year. So hopefully, uh, and that that doesn't seem like Liam's mo. He seemed like a guy who want to be aggressive. Uh, he's a you know maybe he's a younger guy, so maybe that plays into it. He's a little bit looser uh, with the players. You know he, he obviously you know not in a bad way, but he lets them have fun. But he also you know we're gonna play aggressive. We're gonna play loose. We're we'll gonna go out there and let them yeah. play. If we if we you know. Take a shot and throw an interception. Well, look, we took a shot. You know, we'll live with it. We we weren't like handing the ball off on third and six. You know, getting tackled for a loss. So you know that that's that's the thing, man. So I just you know I love to see that from yeah. all just playing loose. Yeah, and building off that, I, we don't have to go fully in. We got to talk today to the six of the guys who uh, transferred in. Everyone but. Um, Jansen done so we can you know save a little bit of that for next week but you know just talking about how the offense was uptight uh, Ray Davis who played against Kentucky last year and obviously had success to talk about how you know he could tell the defense you said um, you got Deion Walker up front you got the young core linebackers you got the secondary so I knew defensively they had the pieces to go up against anybody and then offensively just knowing that they were j missing just a few pieces when the season ended I felt I felt that if I come in and try to earn my spot earn those reps and try to get the starting job I think it could help the help out the team and get us through the threshold of potentially completing for an SEC championship so that's just a guy who has perspective playing against Kentucky seeing it seeing that their offense wasn't quite you know where it needed to be and seeing that he could be a potential uh difference maker in that so um i thought that was really interesting ray was awesome um as were was leary um and jq hardaway was really good both offensive linemen and uh was Keyshawn silver was a little bit quiet but he yeah, he was a really nice kid really enjoyed talking to him uh for a few minutes as well so uh it's cool to talk to those guys especially davis though that kid uh he's gonna be a fun one you guys are gonna like him Good stuff, man. Good stuff. That made it made it worthwhile to leave Nashville at the crack of dawn and get back in. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I really, obviously, uh, you know, uh, it's the first time getting to meet these kids, so, you know, it's really important to start building those connections and getting to know them a little bit, but uh, I was just really impressed with the, you know, obviously, we really like the talent and we really like, you know, the football side of things. Um, but I was pretty impressed with the young men that, that, uh, that Mark Stoops and his staff have brought in here. Uh, like I said, Ray Davis, man, he, uh, he should be doing our job and he's a, you know, he has a communication degree from Vanderbilt, uh, pretty darn good. And you could tell he's smart. He's, he's charming. He's uh and you know, he wants to make his own legacy here. Uh, Devin Larry is, I would say kind of that confident, not cocky kid where you could tell, you know, I asked him today, you know, how many schools did it come down to? And he said, well, I heard from every school and about every conference. <laughs> and he, you could tell he was like blushing when he said it, he wasn't trying to brag. He was kind of just, you know, he was stating facts. Right. So, uh, but he was really good talking about um, a lot of different things and uh, you know, how, 
Kentucky kind of just checked every box for him, which is, I think, a huge testament to both, you know, Liam Cohen, Scott Woodward, who recruited him and Mark Stoops, that even after a year where, like you said, Jalen, the offense was such a mess and uptight, they were able to go get the top guy on the market uh, for the most important position on the field. Um, And then, yeah, some of the other guys, uh, too, you know, the offensive line guys obviously wanting to you know, help rebuild this thing, um, you know, Hardaway knowing that he's going to have a really good chance here, uh, probably be an instant starter, and then Silver getting a team up with Walker. So uh, lots of good perspectives. Man, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, look, AG always getting the good stuff and putting out the good content. Cat's paws, man, for sure. Um, I was just going to flip back to your Giants real quick since we've, we've been – we've hit Kentucky football, Kentucky basketball, NFL playoffs. It's kind of hot topics. Is is your boy Dayball going to win coach of the year? I mean, I think you should. I mean, look, uh, the re, uh, you could make the case for Sirianni. Obviously, they were dominant 14 and 3. Um the reason I go Dayball is you just look at the roster the Giants had. They had no cap space. They literally brought in a bunch of guys off the street. I mean, I can name Isaiah Hodgins, who had an 100-yard receiving game in the playoff, was a waiver pickup midseason. Damian Moreau is your number two cornerback. They picked him up, you know, after the season started. So many different plug-and-play league minimum guys that made impacts. Richie James, second on the team receiving. And, and this roster, man, I mean, they had they were tied with the Jets for the worst record in football the last five years. And last year they were four and 13 and quarterback sneaked with Jake Fromm in their own end zone, the last game of the regular season, throwing in the damn white towel. So, you know, they go from that to the playoffs one year later where you beat, you know, you go in and beat Tennessee week, week one. I know Tennessee didn't have a great year, but that was when they were fully healthy and fresh off, you know, being the one seed and you do it in their house. You beat Baltimore with Lamar Jackson fully healthy. Uh, you beat Green Bay, who really heated up late in the season. Um, you do go to London and do that. Um, <laughs> you beat Jacksonville, who ended up being a playoff team. You get that big win on Sunday against Washington. You win a playoff game. I mean, there's a lot of crazy good stuff. And what you did with Daniel Jones. I mean, I, I always had some faith in Daniel Jones. But if you look at turnovers and you look at what he did rushing, I would say he was a top 10 a back half of the top 10 quarterback this year. I'm not saying he is one, but I think this year he played probably like the ninth or 10th best quarterback in the NFL. And he did that, you know, in one off season. So uh, I think he did, he made the most of a pretty bad roster, uh, got it to the playoffs, got it to the second round. I mean, obviously they, they got their, their ass beat by the Eagles. There's no better way to say it. Um, I was kind of expecting it. I had some hope, but not, you know, it was more fan hope than real hope. Um, so, you got to give him a ton of credit. So again, you can make a case for Sirianni. You can make a case for Shanahan. Yeah. He's, I think he's an offensive. We talked about him, obviously. I think he's the best. I think he's the best offense coach in the league and, you know, winning with a third string quarterback when you lose your two quarterbacks, a case can be made there, but you know, that defense was there and intact. So I just think Dable made the most out of nothing. And I think it's really, that's why I would lean toward him and Doug Peterson this year. As the two guys, I'd probably vote one and two, and then probably Sirianni Shanahan in that three four. No matter how you want to order it, um, but uh, the the one thing that ticks me off though is this comeback player of the year award. I love Saquon Barkley. It's not like he's coming back from danger. He's coming back from stinking. <laughs> and same with Geno Smith, and same with uh, whoever the other finalist for the award was. It should be guys who have storylines, like Alex Smith, the year he won it, right? You know, coming off that injury where, you know, they 
he almost died. And uh, that's the type of guy. Like, and you know, Nick Gates, the giant center, had the same or center and guard had the same surgery and came back from it this year. Brandon Graham, I forget exactly what it was, but he came back from a major surgery. It should be those type of guys. So uh, I'm more upset about as much as I love Saquon. I, I actually, I kind of, I, I hate that the the coach of the year. I'm happy that Dable is being recognized, but that comeback player of the year, I hate how they have it set up right now. Coming back from stinking, just that don't cut it. For yeah, you. no, I mean, I get it. Like, I, I look, I'm glad Saquon's back, and I hope you know the Giants and and um, Saquon can come to a fair agreement. I don't think you go crazy on the running back position, but I think if you have to franchise tag him, but whatever, I hope he's a Giant next year, obviously. But if you come back from struggling, it's not as cool as, or not, not, not as cool, but not as inspiring as coming back from a surgery that your life was on the line or your, you know, a injury that thought you were, it was going to knock your career out or even an illness for some guys. So, you know, guys like Nick Gates, guys like Brandon Graham, um, you know, those are the guys I, I lean more towards than the Saquon Barkley's and the Geno Smith's of the world who had a terrible year last year or didn't play and then came back and had a good like Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow tore his ACL, tore everything in his knee, came back, had a great year. That's a guy who I think rightfully won it last year. Hmm. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. But, uh, it makes, makes sense. Like if that like if that comes back next year and he's the MVP, he shouldn't be comeback player of the year because he stunk. He wasn't, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I, the year he came back from his broken leg. You know. If he, if that, right, if he had a, if his numbers were better – Right, right, yeah, Logan Ryan. But yeah, last year was kind of between Dak and Burrow, right? They both had pretty good years. Burrow's numbers were just a little bit better. They go to the Super Bowl, you know, if you tip your cap. But if Dak did that this year, and or yeah, but you get my point. I just think it should be an injury, an illness, something you're persevering coming back from, not just you know, Saquon Barkley played 13 games last year and he just stunk. And Geno Smith was a backup quarterback. He wasn't hurt and he stunk. I mean, it, and he started some games and he stunk in those games, you know, and Russell Wilson's hurt. So uh, I just, I don't know. That, that's my, that's my spiel. I just don't like it. I hope, you know, a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, if he is an amazing next year, next year, or Trey Lance, those are the guys yeah. who I'd be looking at next year. Not, not a guy who had a, like a Dak Prescott who had a bad year. I agree, with that. I, I agree with that. Oh, <clears throat> uh, flipping back to the basketball too. Just got to mention that, um, but not this Saturday against Kansas, but the next one, uh, Mike Pratt gets his jersey retired. Yeah, uh, the Florida game, uh, maybe probably should already happened based on what he did as a player. Absolutely, for years, and then in the, on the broadcast side. For 20 years with Tom Leach, he was on the basically on the search committee that brought Calipari here. They they got input from Mike. So look, yeah, I mean, that's 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 long overdue. And hate that he's not here to see that. And you know, I know his family would definitely uh, have to you know cherish that and uh, will be proud to see that. But I hate that it hadn't happened before he passed away. Uh, we talked about all of y'all talked about how <laughs> think y'all were there for the Tennessee game this year when yeah. they paraded out the baseball team and the basketball team all in front of the Kentucky section for uh, what going to the whatever they did in baseball. They didn't make the College World Series, but winning the SEC tournament or, or whatever they did. <clears throat> anyway, 
February 18th, two weeks after Mike Pratt's jersey goes up, the 96, 97, 98 teams, basketball teams, are going to get recognized at Rupp. 96 won a championship, 97 runner-up, 98 won a championship, and they're doing it when Tennessee's in town. So a little turnabout it's fair play because Tennessee is honoring uh, they, they honor everybody when they play Kentucky's in town. So, you know, uh, getting to see three, two championship teams and a runner up recognized when Tennessee comes to Lexington. So, hey, I say, yeah, well played. Game. Well played, you Catholics. Yeah, <laughs> well you do, do something. Yeah. And it's hard to believe, man, that these games are. Uh, it's the season's winding down. It's going to be February uh, next week. That, that's crazy, man. It's uh, this whole athletic season's already wrapping up. It's crazy. And so, uh, I saw Matt. Uh, he's, I think he's a UK student, but he's got a podcast. Matt Sack tweeted out that Tennessee does everything in their power to dig and try to find someone or something to honor when Kentucky's in town. And all Kentucky says is when Tennessee's in town is, hey, look at our rings. So I thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you can definitely say that basketball-wise. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. That, yeah, I mean, Jalen was there. Fun. I think we talked about it uh, before the Chris Lofton ceremony, which Kentucky spoiled, um, how they had the baseball team and the basketball, uh, the basketball team first because they knocked Kentucky out of the SEC tournament. They're flaunting the rings. And the baseball team goes over there. Then one of the women's sports teams, I forget which one, it's just like a whole, you know, F-U-K day at, at, in Neyland Stadium. And the football team obviously kicked Kentucky's ass. So it was just a, it was a rough day to wear blue in there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully Kentucky can not only, uh, you know, have a great ceremony, honor those guys, but um, win the game. <laughs> I mean, let's get, get the sweep. Mark Cal is not – ever swept to Rich Brooks. So that would be pretty cool to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rick Barnes. Yeah, yeah. Rick Barnes. I'm sorry. I'm a little tired. <laughs> hey, we got to wrap this thing up. Um, but yeah, just like last year, uh, when Joe B. Hall had passed away before Tennessee came uh, to Lexington, and, you know, you knew there was no chance Tennessee was winning that game. No, and that happened that morning. It wasn't like yeah. a planned thing. or Yeah, yeah. right. Cal came out with a program, and that's about all they had time for. Right. But you just knew there's no way. Tennessee no. has no chance to win no. today. You know, it's no. just, just the way it was. So, um, who y'all picking? Who's going Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? We got the Final Four. Might as well. Why not? I mean. Um, I think the popular pick is probably Cincinnati. I've got this feeling Kansas City is going to win this game. I think Cincinnati, obviously Cincinnati, a Joe Burrow at, the, at a healthier Joe Burrow is better than a Mahomes on one leg. But I just feel like that. This is a lot of people are calling this a lot of the pressures on Kansas City because Cincinnati has their number. They're three and zero Burrow versus Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in the same exact game um, in the same stadium last year, you know Cincinnati won it. I just think there's more pressure on Kansas City. And I think they're going to – I think Patrick Mahomes, man, he didn't just play with on one leg. He played pretty damn well on one leg. And I also think that uh, Kansas City has a better defensive line than Buffalo did because Von Miller obviously was out. I think Chris Jones is going to wreck havoc on some of those backups for the Bengals. So I'm actually going to go with Kansas City. I know that's not the popular pick in these parts where it's Bengals country, but mm -hmm. I, I just have a feeling Kansas City wins. And I, 
I, I really love Philly. I don't love Philly. I love their roster from a talent perspective, just as a picking a game, but something about that San Francisco defense, man, it, it travels. And I feel like if anyone can match up with them, uh, it's San Francisco. And I think that, you know, I think the way to beat Philly is on the ground and that's what San Francisco kind of thrives with. Uh, they can beat you in so many different ways. And Kyle Shanahan's going to see what Philly's throwing at them and I think be able to navigate it. So I'm going to go with a, a rematch of a Super Bowl from a few years ago, uh, San Francisco and Kansas City. Ooh. Yeah, I got um, I got San Francisco and Cincinnati. Um, Ooh. I think I think Cincinnati's going to find a way to win it. Um, you know, I don't know what it is about them, man, but they – they don't, you know, they got a good roster, but it's not like super Joe Burrow's good. a killer, man. Yeah, it's just unbelievable play caller. Yes. Uh, um, like very fun to watch on offense. Good quarterback, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, just a good balance, good running back, you know, really well balanced offense. Really, you know, um uh, do a good job of, you know, getting a lot of easy throws. Uh, as well, whether it's quick game RPO, nakeds, or just drop back pass, and they just got, you know, they just dialing up good schemes. Uh, so they're doing a good job on offense over there in Cincinnati. Um, but I just feel like it's going to be forty. I just feel like the forty nine is going to get the Eagles. Forty um, nine are extremely confident right now. Defense is playing out of their mind. Um, I just feel like they'll. I feel like the Eagles. Uh, they'll, they'll pressure the Eagles to throw the ball downfield consistently. I think, and the Eagles can do it, but I don't know if they are, they're like one year away from like doing it on that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I say that, but again, just uh, Jayla Hurst playing, you know, MVP status right now, but I just feel like they're one year away. I feel like with Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan's the X factor, man. Yeah. Don't just count to Miko Ryan's either. That's a hell yeah, 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 yeah. And they, and they got, on defense, the 49ers are so – they're like one. Like, they do a good job of playing together. Mm-hmm. And that – that what's the linebacker name? He's unbelievable. Oh, Fred Warner's the best middle linebacker in the league right now. Middle dude, linebacker. Yeah, Mike dude, is the best linebacker, but he's yeah. the best. Dude, Mike dude is unbelievable. Like he, Unreal. We've seen the video where he ran down – he ran out of the middle of the field with a receiver. and with carried CD him. Lamb, one of the yeah. fastest guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but... Good coverage. I mean, it's just – so they they on they on point, but like I said, Kyle Shanahan's play calling he gets his guys in space, right? He gets his quarterback space. Football is about space and time. Can I create it, right? He gets his quarterback in space. His running backs are always, you know, getting in space with the ball. It's not like jumbled up. They they're doing a good job of scheming up, whether it's the the wide zone, the toss crack, you know, the counter schemes. They do a really good job with being really creative with the run schemes. I just think they're going to beat the Eagles. Uh, you know, I think they're going to beat the Eagles by like four points or whatever. And I think uh, Cincinnati uh, kicks a field goal late to beat beat uh, Kansas City. Oh, same as last year. Yeah, so um, that's just how I feel, man. And uh, I feel like Cincinnati may win it all for some reason. But I, 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 I do think whoever comes out of the AFC is going to win it all. I, I do <laughs> think that. I just think – I think <laughs> – I, I hate to go against Kyle Shanahan after after everything I said, but I don't think Brock Purdy's going to beat Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I just I, I think it comes down to a quarterback. I mean, you even saw, you know, what, 
three years ago when those two teams played. And, you know, the 49ers are up 10 with six minutes to go, and Jimmy G can't do anything that drive. And, you know, that that let Patrick Mahomes back in the ballgame. So uh, I just think – I think it's going to come down to uh, the better quarterback. So if it's the 49ers, I think it's going to go the AFC's way. Yeah, and like I told everybody, I think uh, I think the Brock Purdy rookie thing is going to catch up to everybody. That's what I'm – and he, you know what? It almost did against Vinny's Cowboys. He had – Though you give him credit for the some of the plays he made, you know, down the stretch, he obviously made some more plays than Dak. Um, but he did not. The Cowboys did a great job on, on defense. They played like a championship yeah. defense. Yeah, they did. I'm gonna say, and Demarcus Lawrence turned back the clock too. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. I'm gonna say Philadelphia. Was my team. Philly's gonna find a way there, and and look. Personally, as a Cowboys fan, I don't even know how to feel about this game. I, I hate the Eagles more than any team in the division. And then the Cowboys 49ers, the historic rivalry they've had, and then to lose yep. them twice in a row the past two years in the playoffs. One of them's going to lose, so I'll be happy. One of them's going to win, so I'll be pissed. Uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia just because they're at home. And, I mean, look, Purdy's got more playoff wins than Hurts. But he's so right. He's he's got more than he's even with Dak. He is more than Hurts, and he is more he is more than anyone in our division because he is more than Jones, obviously. Yeah, I will say Philly wins, and I think it's hard for me to pick Kansas City, but I'm because Cincinnati does hit their number. But I'm I think I'm gonna go Philadelphia, Kansas City. Somehow Kansas City finds a way, even though they're at home. We found a way to all seat. have different ones. They're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna say Philadelphia, Kansas City. Uh, Jalen, you got San Francisco, Cincinnati, which would be a rematch of some of those '80s yeah. that Cincinnati lost both of them by four or five points to Joe Montana, and then you've got Aaron San, got... San Fran, KC, San Fran, a rematch of the couple years ago. Okay. A couple years ago. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I will say this real quick because I love college football and the NFL. Um, there's that argument that the college people are like, oh, it's the same teams every year. Look at the final four last year. It's a one team difference. The Eagles plug in for the Rams. So <laughs> just saying, I know the games are a little closer, not the Giants Eagles game, but I know the games have been pretty close most of this postseason. Uh, but just saying three of the same four final final four teams from a year ago true 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 we'll we'll be back next week to see how close or off we were and see what one of us has to be right right i don't think there's a combination yeah there is a combination what's the combination yeah there's got to be four i guess yeah uh the the eagles and the Bengals. Eagles, Bengals. Okay. Yeah, that's it. So the Eagles and Bengals combination. Watch. It's going to be the Eagles and Bengals. Just to just to screw with us. Yeah, I just i i almost i almost know that Cincinnati's going to be in there. I don't know why. That's just, I I'm having trouble. Them. Look, I'm having trouble picking Kansas City like I am, but so I just think Patrick Mahomes is. I, I look. I think Joe Burrow is probably the more most accurate quarterback in the league. But Patrick Mahomes, you have to think deep down, it's bothering him that people are starting to put Burrow over him. And yeah. he's that, and it's in their place. That place is going to be nuts. They're not going to want to screw that up again. I, I just think he, 
Man, I, I just think something's got to give there. It's gonna be two very cold games this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, I think that angle that ankle for for Mahomes is gonna. Uh, That's the big question. It's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna you know maybe come back and get him a little bit. So I I don't know, man. I just the Bengals just got some type of mystique about them. They uh, do that you know. I don't know, but I'm sure all those Kentucky people, all you Kentucky people out there who are Cincinnati, they're Bengals nuts. I'm oh, yeah. sure y'all are uh, drooling in your own spit right yeah. now. At least the Bengals are like outside of Eli Apple. At least the Bengals are likable. I mean, like if there's going to be a team, like my dad went to uh, undergrad in D.C., so he hates Washington like more so than he even would just because he's a Giants fan. So like. You know, as someone who's hearing all these Bengal fans brag, like I probably would not like the Bengals if they didn't have like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all these likable players, Sam Hubbard. So, uh, yeah, that's just my take on that. We back next week to talk about it all. Uh, get more of Aaron's content as far as uh, football news is happening. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas happens this weekend. So we talk about that as well. All kind of stuff popping off for these next few days. So, y'all check back in with us here I Believe in Kentucky. Uh, listen wherever you get your podcast, Stream it. Several different media options as well. And get yourself a Cat Daddy shirt. And we enjoy bringing this to y'all each and every week. And we'll hop over here and get a little sleep and do whatever else we're going to do. And see y'all next time on Believe in Kentucky. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.